I was thinking it was just like every day we serve the kids, you know, service with a smile, but during Halloween, the smiles are performed by skeletons. <laughs> or the lunch ladies just peel their own faces off. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 173 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast mm. about video games. How do you know in advance what the episode number is going to be? That's weird. You know, I just make it up and then I sort of, uh, I, I sort of, uh, what do you, I retcon it. Okay. In mm. the stream. All right. Just retcon all of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys think you know this week what number comes after 172, but really you don't until I go back and fix it. So you do. Hmm. Your, your control over uh, time and uh, math is I'm really good at impressive. Yeah. You're yeah. using that power for sort of strange and dubious purposes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not nefarious exactly. It's no, just it's just kind of pointless. Why? Yeah, like, yeah. You'd think you'd think I'd come up with something more helpful to do, mm, like you know, play the lottery or something. That's not helpful. Doesn't help anybody for me to be rich. To us. It would be helpful if anybody could have more than one hundred and seventy-two yeah. dollars. What, what do you mean, us, white man? <laughs> How you guys been playing the lottery a lot? Uh, um, no, uh, yes, and uh. Well, no. Yes, and, but no. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys know that they make a tall and fat boy of <laughs> PBR? I oh. thought I was buying some tall boys of PBR, but tall boys are only 16 ounces. These are 24-ounce cans oh of PBR. Oh, my God. Is it just wider than a regular can? Is it like They're... a regular can, except you're smaller than usual? It's a chode boy. <laughs> it's just... Oh. <laughs> it's like a big tuna fish can full of beer. <laughs> Mmm. Yep. Gross. Um. Yeah. So I got some of these. I got some of these down at the Whole Foods. So you it's got weird. that in store for They're you. They're like all like health foods. Here, have a giant portion of beer. Yeah, it's good. It's good for you. Mm. It makes you live longer. I don't know that PBR it makes is your liver longer. People who drink a shitload of you. PBR live longer than people who don't drink a shitload of PBR. Mm, <laughs> That's like... my scientific assessment. Is it that, or is it just that your sensation of time slows down? And so it feels like you're living longer. It's like that drug in that Robert Heinlein book. Did you guys read that Robert Heinlein book? I don't know. Which one? Soma? I don't know. The one where they take some stupid drug that doesn't make That's any like fucking all sense. Of them. <laughs> they're si- yeah, they're, there's a lot of there's a they're lot sitting of on a couch drugs. and time is moving really, really slow for them. It's some it's some distillate of marijuana that they, they've come up with in the future. The one the one that uh the one that uh 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 uh, uh oh god damn it names of people the one that that neo from the matrix was in the animated version of the movie what? Uh, <laughs> that took forever and i still don't understand it riff uh, there's there is an there, uh, there is a philip k dick novel with the title of which i cannot remember a scanner darkly. A scanner darkly. Yes. Okay. Was, and no. the, the rotoscoped, okay. the, the rotoscoped it, version it might of a scanner be darkly. The same drug. I think. I think there was a cat in the scene that I recall. It might have been in the book, the cat who walked through walls. Okay. I don't remember if the cat walked through walls. All I remember is they freaked it out because time was passing really slowly for them, which somehow amplified the force that they were able to exert on the world in such a way that made a cat oh, freak oh, out. To- I was thinking Scanner Darkly's Philip K. Dick. Never mind. Right. Yep. 
Isn't the cat that walks through walls one of the ones where there's like confusing implications that maybe there's some incest going on in this book or is that just uh, all of Robert Heinlein? Do you mean it's a Robert Heinlein yeah. book? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that... So generally Heinlein's thing is uh, old man protagonist or old man uh, sort of hero character, some sort of infirmity, like maybe he has an artificial arm or something and like bangs his, some of his daughters. Yeah. So I don't oh, know what it's, was, it's not just a, cat, it's not just young walks, girls. Cat that walks through walls is the one where the old man gets his brain transplanted into like his daughter's body or something, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember that. Yeah. It's, it, there is a definitely uh, an old dude got his brain transplanted into a younger woman's body. And I don't remember if it was his daughter or not. I'm pretty sure. That that was because I've that was that's one of the few Robert Heinlein's I've read other than Moon is a Harsh Mistress and Stranger in a Strange Land. I think I've read Stranger in a Strange Land, which I just didn't care about at all. Hmm. It had I've some met... interesting bits, but I don't I wasn't as I wasn't as uh, enthused about it as as some true fans. Are. Yeah, I've met so many people who are like that book changed my life. It yeah. changed the way that I looked at the world. And I remember thinking, eh. Yeah, I don't remember it being particularly impressive to me, but I also don't remember much about it. My only takeaway the- from it that 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 I I found particularly interesting was the 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 characters that when asked what color that house is, they say, "Well, it looks white on this side." That okay. sort of that sort of very precise worldview and awareness of how your perceptions affect your thinking. But but yeah, other than that, I read The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, which was pretty good. I remember that being pretty good, but that's a long time since I read that one. That had the pineapple cans filled with cement. Yes, that's true. That's come up recently. I read Starship Troopers, which was actually really, really good. Really? I've only seen the movie. The movie's really good. The movie is... it. So if you if you take all of the things that are dumb about the movie as being deliberately dumb as a part of the movie's sort of I assume they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it the benefit of that doubt to assume that it is, but the book is just the story of a massive war from the extremely limited perspective of a foot soldier mm-hmm. in that war, and it is just really effective. That's cool. I've liked, I've liked story. Uh, a lot of the 40k novels I've read that took that viewpoint. You've read 40,000 novels? Yes, yes. Many of the 40,000 novels that I have read have had that viewpoint and have also been set in a grimdark future where war is the only thing. (laughs) I'm surprised people wrote that many. It's, uh... They get a bit samey after a while. (laughs) Yeah. You're just, you're really just reading the same one over and over again. (laughs) Ah, man. You know what I read, uh, I, I finished a book yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I read the first book of the Dresden Files, which oh, had been recommended to, to me much time. I I don't think it's very good. Really? Like, I read it and it was fine. It was entertaining, but it more so than more so than anything like sci-fi and fantasy that I've read in the last couple years. It sort of felt like it was unintentionally written for kids. Hmm. Like, hmm. partially, I think there is a. There is a thing that I get. Now, I don't know if you guys get this or not, but when when language is is extremely plain, 
in a work of fiction and that work of fiction is like, say, less than 20 years old, I have a really hard time taking it seriously as literature relative to something that is old, written in the contemporary vernacular of the time, but it's a vernacular that's not mine anymore, which lends it some heft, potentially. Like The Great Gatsby, I imagine, was written the way that normal-ass people spoke in the time that The Great Gatsby was written, for instance. Possibly. Maybe. And the same thing now, I would read and think, ah, this is just bullshit, right? Mm. Maybe this is how people felt about, like, Brad Easton Ellis 25 years ago, whatever. But, like, say The Night Circus, which probably actually written for kids. I mean, it's not nominal. Like, it has the word fuck on the first page as though to signal this is not a book for kids. I thought you were going to say on the cover, and maybe you had just misquoted the title. <laughs> yeah. The Night Fuck. The Fuck Circus. <laughs> fuck Night Circus. Uh, the, the, the writing of The Night Circus was sort of florid in a Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell or a amber spyglass kind of way. I kind of uh, like that. Like how um, Jerry writes his post for Penny Arcade. Yeah. As opposed to just being really conversational, like a thing that somebody would just say or that would just write in a fucking slash dot comment or something. Mm-hmm. And the entirety of the first Dresden Files book, which is, I don't even remember, is the title of it Stormfront? I think it is called Stormfront, uh, changed from its original title, semi Magic. Um, that's a pretty good pun it's like this is a noir tale about a wizard and maybe all noir is just written all matter of fact like that I think of noir stylistically I think of noir stuff as being more flowery yeah it's I mean it's it's not so much flowery but it's it's more it's a it's elaborate in a grittier way rather than in a florid way yeah but like there's just a lot of there's a lot of simile. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot of simile and then weird imagery whereas mm-hmm. this this just read like yeah, I don't know. It just read like a guy in the early 2000s writing sentences about a thing hmm. in a way that I I can't exactly describe the way that it was by. Like the story was fine. You know, it was about a wizard detective. That should be right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should. I like detectives. I like wizards. There's a talking skull. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's some blood magic. That's apparently a thing I'm into. <laughs> like when they made that blood magic clone of George Gordon, Lord Byron. Right. They. The characters of the Anubis Gates by Tim Powers. A good, good, good book. <laughs> anyway. Why don't you just read everything that Tim Powers has ever written? Why don't I what? Just read everything that Tim Powers has ever written. Oh, I'm working on it. Okay. I almost bought an ebook of a book that I already had a paperback of. Hmm. But then I thought, no, <laughs> no, Zach, don't do that. Just take the paper, just carry the paperback around with you like an idiot, like somebody's idiot grandfather. Just carry a book, a physical book made out of fucking dead trees. I've been finding the, um, the iTunes or iBooks, I guess, store to be really convenient for reminding myself about books that I intend to look into because they have that thing where you can click on it and download a free sample. So I just have 
a rack of sam- of samples, like first 10 pages of a bunch of books I've heard from on my iPad. And then whenever I feel like reading a new book, I can pick one of those. And if it turns out that it looks like it's going to be good, then I can download the whole thing. Hmm. I um, I don't know. Is judging a book by the first 10 pages akin to judging a book by its cover? Eh, like a thing you're not supposed to do? It's slightly thicker. <clears throat> is it? Depends on what the cover is. It depends on how, how what the cover is made of, I guess. Maybe sure. the cover is uh, like a, a hardback uh, ebook, an inch thick slab thicker. of wormwood yeah. bound in human skin. Ooh, <laughs> you can probably judge that book by its cover. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that that is not like, say, a, a travel guide to Italy, or uh, you know, a, well, not this dimension's version a, of Italy, a vegan cookbook. <laughs> Got a vegan cookbook bound in human skin. I feel like that's the only kind of skin that they would want mm. to cover their books. Mm, yeah, they won't. They won't slay a cotton. They can. Uh, <laughs> they they can willingly give of their own flesh to to oh, bind a book. God, what if somebody? Do you think anybody's ever written a book and then bound it in their own skin? Ugh. Like, surely somebody who had. Who a like bunch of extra skin. A, who lost a shit, <laughs> shitload of weight. Who had oh. what? A bunch of extra skin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Somebody who lost a shitload of weight and got a got you know like a bunch of skin removed and you know made a lampshade out of it or whatever. But then they held some back to bind their book. How I lost. How I lost weight, including some of the weight that you're holding right now. Yeah, ha one, ha. one weird trick <laughs> explained in this book. Oh God. Man, what if you bound a book with the skin of your ass and the title of the book was Ha ha, stupid, your finger is in my and then when you open the cover <laughs> on the inside of the front cover it says asshole. <laughs> and then you turn the book over and realize that it's true. <laughs> and then you're really Yeah. It's a Twitter chill. Twitter chillers, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys been playing any video games? Uh, I finished the uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, and uh, it, a court, like, which one of the two of them won? Um, they both won, but they did actually. Regarding the the earlier asked question, uh, it does actually become Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton uh, near the end. I won't say any more than that because that would be spoilers. But the, ti- the title, them the title is eventually the the title is eventually legitimized. Uh, so you can they eventually both, judge that book by its cover. They both win even though they have to fight. Well, you'll you'll just have to you'll just have to play it and find out. Which which I recommend that anybody that likes puzzles and and a good story do so cuz it's quite good. Well, who's going to step up and admit that they don't like either of those things, Riff? right? Right? Exactly. That means everybody everybody that has a 3DS should play that game. Uh, and since finishing that, I've started playing Danganronpa 2. Danganronpa 2. I'll say it a Is that the clearly. one about the high school where people are secretly in a reality show where everyone who doesn't win dies? It's it's uh, not a reality show, but yes, that's that's essentially it. The the premise is that it's a a class of of high school students who are each like the 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 absolute best at whatever their particular skill is are trapped in an enclosed 
place. Farting. In, in, in the first one, it was they were trapped in the locked school building. And in the second one, they're trapped on a, uh, on a, on a tropical resort island. Um, and the, the, the idea is, is that none of them will ever be permitted to leave. But if one of them murders one of the other ones, and then in the, the subsequent trial, the, the remaining students are not able to correctly figure out who the murderer was, then the murderer gets to go free and everyone else is killed. But if they do figure out who the murderer is, Wait, then only how, the murderer is killed. How do they decide? How do they? They, is it just like, all right, you got to vote now, and then well, they they argue about right? it. They argue about it for a while, and then it's it's a majority rules vote. But does they include the murderer? This yes. is what I'm saying. Like, it has I, to. Okay. Otherwise, right. yeah, because if they were excluded, you'd be like, hmm, I wonder if the guy who's excluded from this discussion <laughs> is the murderer. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's so a, it's a it's a game of killing someone else and making it look like someone. Well, are you, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you the murderer? You are never the murderer. Or at least you never were in the first one. I've only played through the first, the first uh, murder and trial in the second one. Um, so wait, if okay, wait, wait, wait. You, so the, you are if a kid you, trying to figure out who the murderer is each time, so that only the murderer gets killed each time. Does do the rest of the kids get to then leave the island? Um, I in, mean, in the plot, for, in order for the game to have a plot, you have to keep finding the murderer, right? Yeah. And if you don't, then if you don't, your protagonist gets killed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> huh. So it's just a sequence of those. Things. So the kids who who correctly find the murderer don't get to leave the island. Correct. So then, is it? There just is no. A, there's no way to ever leave the boil island. down to it, and then there were none kind yeah, of thing. It, um, I I don't want to say exactly how many people were left at the end of the first one. The the what the what the kids end up doing is in between dealing with these murders that happen because of the kids all not trusting each other as, as much as they otherwise might and rumors of like traitors and so on. They're also trying to figure out the mystery of who is actually running everything on the Island and how they might escape. So the, the first one ended with, with that sort of resolution. So more than just, the last guy was were able to leave. Oh man, what if it turned out that the island was the island from the island, and <laughs> the ending cutscene is just all of these rich people being super pissed off and suing the people running the island for letting all of their sessile organ transplant clones kill each other. <laughs> what is the gameplay of these games like, Riff? Like, it what is, is the video game? It is. Um, well, let's see. It's. It runs in days and generally like the sequence will be you'll, you'll have a day where you get two, like, um, two sort of time periods where you can go pick another one of the kids that you want to hang out with and, and maybe give them a gift that you've gotten from like, the the island vending machine and if you give the right gift to the right kid then that increases their relationship value with you which gives you points that that you then spend on skills which help you out later on uh which i'll mention in a second so you get like two days worth of that so you get like four of these little conversation encounters with with other kids and then um there'll be like a plot event where the 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 evil psycho teddy bear monokuma that is that is running the 
the thing um presents a new motive for everybody to kill each other because he's he's trying to push the kids into into playing the game his way so he'll like reveal here's here's a table full of envelopes and each one of these envelopes i'm making up this example each one of these envelopes contains one of your dirty secrets that you would never want anybody to find out about for example and so the the thus giving the kids another reason to kill each other above just being able to escape uh and uh and then the next day or the day after the next day, if maybe it gives you another round of conversations, uh, there'll be a murder. And then you have a period of investigating the crime scene and looking for evidence. And then it goes to the trial sequence. And the trial sequence is a series of sort of action-y mini-games um, with sort of the framework of the, the kids standing around in an a circle in this courtroom arguing about what they think happened and maybe this means this and maybe that piece of evidence means that but it's these sort of uh sort of actiony sort of mini games there's like maybe six or eight different ones but but uh like as an example one of the most common ones is you have a uh, a sort of metaphorical revolver and four to six truth bullets which are like th- the the some of the pieces of evidence that you gathered in the previous sequence and the other characters will be talking and the lines of what they're saying comes up on screen and occasionally one of those things they say will be yellow meaning you can choose to shoot that line of text with one of your truth bullets if you want with the goal being find the thing somebody is suggesting that cannot possibly be true and refute it with this piece of evidence but it's all on like a timer and you've got like you're using the thumbstick on the Vita to move the little targeting reticule onto the piece of text as it floats by so that you accurately shoot it with your with your evidence bullet. Hey, this reminds me of another question that I have. Uh-huh. Is the word for that thing reticle or reticule? Oh, I don't know. I've seen it both with and without a U. Oh, I've never seen it with a U, so I assumed it was reticle. Well, maybe the British spelling is, just has a U. Mm. That could be. Stuck in the middle of it. But yeah, and there's, up there's the several dictionary. other there's several other mini games like that. There's there's also like a like a, a rhythm mini game where you're you're hitting uh hitting a button in time with the music to uh refute the, the a kid who who's going crazy and not listening to you anymore so you're trying to like knock down his i don't know like his mental shields so that he'll hmm. listen to you again and and things but, like that but generally it's just like visual novel plus these little mini games yeah yeah it's like it's it's a long section of visual novel and then the end of the chapter is a series of maybe a dozen of these these short little mini games in a sequence as as <clears> the kids conclusively figure out who the murder was or don't and you get a game over how long was the first game um i'm going to make a real rough guess and say 20 hours huh i i am i am not very firm on that Uh, i feel like it's it's maybe yeah maybe that maybe that is too long it might be more like 10 uh, I don't know. I'm only a couple of hours into the first one, and it's been, it's after about a couple of hours, I've done 
one full chapter and not yet gotten to the murder in the second chapter. So, yeah, so maybe 10, 15, 20 hours, somewhere in that range. It's not like a big 40-hour Final Fantasy thing or anything like that. Hmm. Reticle and reticule are both uh, acceptable, although reticule has a second meaning, which is a woman's drawstring handbag. Ah, okay. Um, Weird. Yeah. What? But then there's also the word reticulum, which is any fine network, especially one in the body composed of cells or blood vessels, or the second compartment of the stomach of a ruminant. Oh. Huh. But yeah, um, it's... A woman's purse is kind of like her second stomach. (laughs) Like, your grandma's purse was like a second stomach. If if her second stomach was filled with certs and... uh, (laughs) And and certs. yeah, my grandma was a big certs adherent. Huh. They had retsin. They did have retsin. <laughs> I don't know what the retsin did. <laughs> uh, Wasn't I thought retsin was just a made up thing. Oh, I mean, so is Lyman. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. I'm gonna. I'm here to tell you, Kevin. Almost everything in advertising is just fucking lies <laughs> and <laughs> bullshit and made up stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I recommend it. Although I don't, I I recommend it to anyone who likes a visual novel, which is extremely anime to the point where I think they're parodying how anime it is. Um, and but I I don't recommend that you play the second one before the first one because, because it assumes some knowledge or it, do, spoils. Yeah, from the first the, one. the there is a major end game plot twist from the first one which is referred to near the beginning of the second one which would spoil it and also there's a character in the second one who is not the same guy as in the first one but he's so similar that it's it's I'm pretty it's pretty definite it's a deliberate callback to that guy and the way he behaves in the second one is made much more interesting if you're aware of the parallel with the character from the first one, if you see what I mean. So sort of. Yeah. And and also they just kinda of, they they sort of skim over some of the the background details about how the high school works and stuff, because I guess they just sort of assume you know that already. I mean, didn't the first one come out like four months ago or something? Like It was it- not that short ago, but it was fairly recent. It I think it came out this past year. Yeah. So, so why would you play the second one and not the first one? Yeah. You, yeah. Definitely play the first one first. They're both. They're both extremely good. Don't put um, your socks on your hands. Don't play the second Danganronpa before the first Danganronpa. <laughs> I think that is. That is about it. I, I mean, I'm sure I noodled around with some random iPad stuff, but none of it. None of it uh, was memorable enough for me to think of what it was. You know, I tend to use my iPad like once a week, and it is when I am reading questions for a podcast. Oh yeah, off of my iPad. I don't ever play games on the iPad, really. Yep. Teach me, Riff. What What's your secret? What's your secret to remembering <laughs> to play games on your iPad? His giant well armature that he built in his bedroom to uh, keep an uh, iPad over his head. You can't play games on that one though, because it's too, why not? Because it's, it's awkward. It, you you have to reach up to tap. It's on a giant it, armature. And it pushes around. I mean it. You did not you, build you a very good armature, Riff. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to be like you wouldn't want to put your weight on it because it would it would pull it off of the headboard of the bed. Um, what I do is when I see an interesting iPad game on 
re- referred to on one of the blogs I read. I download buy I, it. Yeah, I click it and buy it, and it automatically downloads to my iPad. No, I'm not like riff. How do I put a game on? No, no. My but iPad? I'm saying I'm it's not just, your, and then, your grandmother. And then when when I go to bed, I I open up the iPad and see what's new on it, and I poke it poke at a few icons for a while before I go to bed. Is what's new usually porn? Because that I can get behind. Uh, I just download. Why would you download porn if you have an internet connection? No, no, I'm saying what's new is there's some new porn today. It's the internet, so yes. Yeah, this there's new <laughs> porn every minute. But <laughs> hmm. see, the trouble that I have is that in our apartment, the iPad does not have internet. Oh, uh, you just need to plug it in. To what? To the internet. To the AC. <laughs> <laughs> to get some of that, get some of that sweet, sweet power net. There is no AC. It's true. It's really hot. <laughs> you know, it's either too hot or too cold. The weather it's never here is just awful. right. It's never just right. That sucks. You just need yeah. to stand in a vat of porridge. I think I just need to always be in the shower because that's pretty comfortable. Like I feel like when I'm ABS, in the shower, the temperature's shower. pretty good. Always I was gonna say shower. ABC yeah. always be cleaning. Just, just <laughs> I could just sleep in the shower. Sure. That's sure. I, you can so learn to sleep standing up like a horse. So few ways I can imagine. I don't think our shower is big enough for a horse. <laughs> a small horse. <laughs> okay. Do ponies uh, uh, sleep standing up? Uh, why not? Could you fit a horse in it if it was like standing on two legs? <laughs> is the that pro- like double standing <laughs> for a horse? <laughs> that, that horse is outstanding. <laughs> um. The the problem with having a horse in our apartment is that you can get it up there, but you can't get it back down. Mm. That's the issue. You need a... Well, need... well, horses not climb downstairs? I thought that was just cows. Oh. Mm. I thought it was horses. Because horses will go down steep paths and I stuff. I think maybe you can't get a horse to go downstairs backwards. Oh, you know, and, I think you can... it'd be too big to turn around in the hallway. You can get the horse into the shower, but it's not going to drink the water there. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Because it's like, so, man, when did you last clean this shower? Yeah, eventually, you, you eventually can lead a horse to your waterbed, but it's not going to leave because that shit is comfortable. <laughs> can you imagine a, a horse just like rolling around on your waterbed? I can. I am. I don't have to imagine it. He's there every night. <laughs> Look, I was trying to learn the proper way to sleep in the shower, and then he said, "You've already got a waterbed. Why, why don't, why don't just, I just poke some holes? Yeah, in why it? don't you just relax?" Yeah, he had a sp- <laughs> it was like a Mad Max horse, so his <laughs> saddle his saddle was all spiky. Okay. It's like a giant spiked dog collar on a horse. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he was wearing a hockey mask. I'm like, I think you're thinking of polo horse. Like you don't Why why was why would a horse, oh, a horse need a hockey mask hockey for mask polo? Would be really long. <laughs> The one, no, the one part of the mask, the one part of your face that the hockey mask doesn't cover is your mouth. So it's it's about the same size as a normal human mask. It's just got a. The fuck are you talking about? A hockey mask? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of a. I'm thinking of a <laughs> ski mask. <laughs> that makes. I don't even understand how a horse hockey mask would work. I was, I was thinking. <laughs> I ho- remember in Friday the Thirteenth house, there was that guy where all you could see was his mouth just going along, macheting people and going. <laughs> 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 oh, so yeah, a horse hockey mask would that just like float 
would you just attach that to the front of the snout? Or would it have to, like, be a weird... I think it would go from, like, from up on top of the head between the ears all the way down to the nose, yeah. So and it's then just sort of like a feed bag with a bunch of holes in it, just so the horse is always super pissed. I, I don't know if always it would go be chewing. over their mouth, but nah. <laughs> Okay, so if you were a horse I'm kind of and you were skiing... Like that that do, part of plate armor uh, for a horse. A horse skiing? Do you think that you would want four short skis oh. or two long skis, and each two of which poles. had two horseshoes bolted? You need, don't over. you need poles? You need poles. You can't just have four skis. No, you can ski without poles. That sounds like an I awful mean, idea. Unless you have like a six-leg horse. I guess a centaur could do it. A centaur, centaur could have two long skis <laughs> and they need to have his hands free for the poles. I think only Russian centaurs have limb skis. <laughs> what a Russian centaur, like what do Russians have instead of horses? Uh, I guess fuzzy horses. hats. <laughs> Borscht. <laughs> those guys that do that dance. Yeah. Uh, Bolsheviks. <laughs> I thought you were proposing Bolsheviks as the dudes that did the funky dance. Uh, they might have. It's a traditional Russian dance. Okay. Kevin, have you played any video games? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, so I finally got around to playing Monument Valley. Um, oh, nice. They're supposed to be lot. releasing new levels for that. before. Oh, uh, will they? I think so. I have heard rumblings about that. Huh. I liked it. It was pretty. I d- like. It was short. Yeah, and and there's not like it was not particularly complicated. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like it, many of the levels just seemed straight up linear. Like there was almost like never a point at which it was a puzzle. Yeah, there was not even there were no opportunities to really make any mistakes. Right. The the hub world on the I guess the tenth the final level the tenth level was kind of interesting because there were three separate objectives Mm -hmm. and it was not always immediately obvious how to get from one to the other and that that i enjoyed that a lot um and i wish that there was more of that sort of non-linear exploratory kind of puzzling action in it did you play it on your phone i did they released it on the phone yeah it's fine it like it was totally totally reasonable to play on the phone yeah i can't think why you wouldn't you can, if you wanted to, you could pinch and zoom, but you don't need to. So ain't nothing wrong with little punch and zoom. Punch and zoom. Fuck. Yeah. Ain't the, nothing wrong with little pinch and zoom. The, uh, the R. Kelly joke, zo- but punch fucked zoom. it up. The art, the art and the sound were both really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then I played. Um, I'm like probably halfway through a game called RGB Express, which is like a little. Uh, it, it is reminiscent of Train Yard. It's. The, like the narrative of it is that you're a little sort of moving truck driver and you're delivering packages and you've got a variety of different little trucks of different colors, red, green, blue, and white. Maybe? Although it's not really train yard. You're laying down the routes that the trains are going to follow. Yeah. And in this, there are existing roads, but you have to choose where and on you're, the roads yeah, you're drive. drawing paths for the trucks to follow. And All of them launch at the same time. They yep. can't be in. They can't hit each other, and you can't have two trucks ever traveling down the same road ever. Yeah, you can. Two trucks can go through the same intersection, <clears throat> um, either crossing a path or like yeah, each turn, each doing a ninety degree turn. But uh, you can never 
traverse the same bit of road as another um, truck, except at those kinds of intersections. So it's basically like that puzzle where you're trying to draw a path from like A and A to B and B mm-hmm. without ever using the same space twice or intersecting the lines or whatever. Not not exactly that, but there's also stuff like bridges and things that it adds later on that you can control whether they're up or down and that kind of stuff. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, there's white trucks, which you can pick up any color package, um, and deliver it, but you have to deliver them in the reverse order of the, where you pick them up. It's a, it's a first in last out kind of situation there. Um, but it's good. It's, I mean, there, it is like a, a little bit more casual, a little more accessible logic puzzle than, than the, the harder train yard levels for sure. Although I'm only halfway through, so maybe it gets really hard. Um, I highly recommend that. Uh, what was it called? RGB Express. RGB Express. Yeah. Um, and then I played a game that, um, Aaron Steed, uh, put out recently, um, through Nitrome. He did the logic puzzle part and somebody else did the art, I think. Um, it is a, it is called Turn Undead, uh, which is kind of a joke because it is a turn based, uh, puzzle platformer. Um, this is the guy that made bump. Yeah. The thing that we were obsessed with last year. Yeah. At GDC. Yeah. He's, he's done a variety of cool puzzle logic games. Um, God, that seven, that seven day roguelike produced bump and eight, six, eight, six, eight, five, six, five, two, seven. Yep. It's good. Yeah. That was a good jam. Uh, that was my jam. <laughs> it is. It is turn undead is really, f- really well designed. Um, the only complaint I had about it is that if you sc- like, it has sort of an undo feature for most moves, but if you make a move that results in your character dying, it just restarts the level. And sometimes you can get really, really far into a puzzle and then make a mistake. And you, instead of undoing, you just have to start over. Oh, because like one undo isn't enough to save your life or. No, because you once you once you die, you don't get any undoes. It just restarts oh. the level. Huh. So that's that's like my one sort of playability complaint about it. it. It makes sense. There need like having a consequence, like having to think about what you're going to do around situations where you might die, definitely makes those moments more meaningful. And almost none of the levels are so long or complicated that it's that big a deal. But um, yeah, there's each level has sort of an. Uh, a secondary optional objective and some of them are really really fun and tricky to figure out there's a couple of sort of like emergent systems type behaviors to get to those guys which i really liked like taking advantage of just the very weird particular ways that the um, enemies and stuff move or spawn or whatever um to do all these weird things in the game and then most of the game is like novel puzzles like i don't think you ever really end up doing the same thing twice so it it respects the player in that way so um and it's just free on the internet if you want to play it so like, i think it's a flash game cool yeah so that's that's what i played this past week how about you zach i have played a bunch of this weird ios game that i had i had tried months ago yeah months ago so this is a game that like 
Michael Bro had talked about a bunch for a little while, and then lately Darius Kazimi got super into it, and they were talking about it a lot on Twitter. So it was like once that happened twice, I went back and gave it another shot. It is called Dream Quest. Okay. And it, if you buy it and download it and play it, you will probably do what I did, which was to immediately dismiss it as just being like a crazy garbage game. Okay. The the presentation of it is like so like thoughtlessly crude that it seems like it just it just seems like a terrible game. It seems like a thing that like is a joke or a scam or something like I I wonder if the feeling that I got upon actually sort of discovering the the depth of what there is to this game is similar to the feeling that people get when they discover that there is actually something to Kingdom of Loathing. Okay. Right? It like I'll just describe the game and then I'll and then I will describe what it looks like. You choose a class. There are four classes unlocked to begin with, and there are a bunch more that you can unlock through achievements and stuff. It places you in a dungeon. The dungeon is just a grid of sprites. There is like visibility rules. So like you, you can move and you can move through open spaces. You just tap on a space and your little like MS paint ass stick figure guy will move. No animations at all. It'll just slide. Just a still stick figure sprite. Doesn't even have a face on it. We'll just slide into these spots. Some of the spots are like little children's drawing of a house looking houses that you can go to mm-hmm. where there are like shops or, or places to upgrade stuff or whatever. Some of them are icons of monsters and you can't move past them. You can't move into the square that a monster is on, but when you tap it, you can press a button to fight it and it takes you into a battle with the monster. The battle is a turn-based sort of you have a deck of cards that you get a you get a starting deck uh based on what class you are and like say you have a fighter and one of his cards is a sword and that is an equipment card so you play it and it just stays in play for the rest of the fight there are cards that are attack one and attack two and attack three. You play those cards and they just do damage to the opponent. Mm-hmm. You start out, you every turn you draw two cards, you can play them. The sword does damage for every two attack cards that you play. And it just stays there for the rest of the game. The enemies have cards that they play that are like, you know, poison bite or whatever if it's a snake that you're fighting. It is just this weird like turn-based card game sort of that is really really off-putting at first blush okay the dungeon parts of it act as a kind of a deck building game for upgrading and culling ones that you don't want and putting new cards into the deck that you're you're playing with in all the fights and the different classes play pretty differently Based on the kinds of things that there are cards that are like recover some mana. There are cards that are like heal. The priest has a lot of things that are like cards that you play and you decide how long you want them to be there before they take effect. And the longer you go, 
without them taking effect, the more powerful their effects are. There are, there's like, there's mana as a resource, and then there are actions as a resource. As you level up, you can play more cards in a turn, you get a lot more health. It, it is really fun and really compelling to continue to play this thing. You know, the, it looks like, it looks like garbage yeah like it is looking at it here on my phone it looks yeah it's it looks like a little kid drew it yeah don't like don't be you should try it riff because i think that you might like it because it's a really good game but i it is so difficult for me to recommend because of the garbage that it looks like like it, it is seriously like well we need the art for this card let's just spend one minute making some garbage art in MS Paint, and then that will just be the final art. Except for the monster icons, which I think were just stolen from some other game or something, because they don't look like anything else. <laughs> hmm. The lack of sort of consistency is what makes it seem like a thing that no work was put into, rather than a deliberate stylistic choice. Right? Some of the Some of the art out in the dungeon like map thing is anti-aliased and some of it isn't like it's it is fucking terrible it is an aesthetically just fucking terrible game and it's not just because it's like oh this guy just drew stick figures because like whatever that's my entire career but like (laughs) i actually pay attention to what the stick figures look like and make them look consistent with one another right as opposed to like Mm -hmm. no this one is just like single pixel lines with no anti-aliasing ha i don't care like Kevin, I know that you don't like you don't like video games with cards in them. Not generally, no. But you're sort of philosophically opposed to the idea of a video game using an abstraction that the real world uses to represent something it when that abstraction is needless. not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess it is a way for people to apprehend what's going on but like but you don't you don't object to like a weapon in a video game doing 9 to 12 damage right right and that is you know 8 plus 1 d4 sure right but you don't need the abstraction of there being a die right because it's a computer so you don't need to actually roll right. roll dice to do it but drawing cards is a thing, yeah, right? I'm, I'm, drawing cards, drawing cards is the random ordering of a fixed number of right. things and with no possible of, repeats. Of a limited number of things out of a larger pool of things. Sure, and and that is a thing, right? Like that is. A, I mean, so is rolling a die, right? Like right, which is why I'm saying it. I don't. I don't really understand your objection to video games using cards. It's, it is when you don't object to video games using dice. Well, I think I I I often am annoyed by like actual dice being rolled on the screen in video games. Like that also drives me crazy. Like there's there is just no need to interject the the like physical instantiation of something when it could just be an abstract thing. Like, right. But I would argue that the physical instantiation of cards in a video game 
reveals to you that's what the, I'm saying. The system well, that is at that play. was what I was trying to say like a minute ago, which was that like I can understand how someone would design a game using them because it would be a, an easier way to sort of apprehend the systems. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think that's just because we haven't figured out a way to like codify it in a in a sort of more coherent way inside the game. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of how you would present more abstractly a system where you have a few dozen possible moves and are given uh, five of them to select one of without it. Yeah. I mean, cause it seems like just it, being the same thing. Like, let's say that there is an, there is, we're, we're designing an RPG system where every person has nine moves that are available to them that have been collected. Like the, the moves that you've selected to be your nine, there are some constraints associated with them that happen outside of the context of a fight or whatever. But in the first round of the fight, you get three of them available to you at random. And in the second round, you get three more of them available to you at random. And in the third round, you get the remaining three. Presenting that to the player as a deck of cards that you're drawing three cards from makes it immediately clear how the system works. Mm-hmm. Whereas just giving them three buttons, they don't understand why they're not repeating. They won't know that they're not repeating the way that they do. If right, you, if you frame it I as think that's cards we, we've and a become, discard. We've become accustomed to playing Magic and other deck building games, right? Like, I think if you had done the same thing before those games existed in the real world, we would be confused, uh, right? So, we've, we've, had, we've had games with decks and discard piles for as long as... We've had gin rummy or or earlier. I think I think that would still make sense. In context. Uh, I don't know. I I don't like. I don't know that it would have been clear to somebody playing twenty years ago a game that like had these virtual cards, but they weren't like playing cards that you recognize. They were like a sword and a fireball spell and a like piece of armor or something like that but what i'm saying is if what you're doing behind the scenes is people as is, is feeding people cards from a deck mm-hmm. you're feeding feeding people individual elements from an array that don't repeat right presenting that as cards is an extremely effective way to communicate what's happening it's it's a shorthand that works yeah it's fine can you think of any other way that would make it immediately clear to people that i would like to I don't I don't have one off the top of my head, but I also haven't made a game with cards in it. You know what I mean? Like I I think it would be better if we could get away from that as our go to aesthetic but d- choice. But why do you think that? What Because it just seems lazy we- to me, right? Like I would rather I would rather use the like amazing power of the computers to do something else. Right, but what if the simplest and best way to communicate how a system works? Like, I can see you saying, I would rather do something that didn't dole out cards from a deck. Like, in the abstract, systemically, you don't, you would, you prefer a system where you can do whatever you want and go wherever you want, as opposed to a system where there are nine things and I get three of them at a time to do. But if there is a system where there are nine things and you get three of them at a time to do, it seems like you're going out of your way to, to criticize what is actually the most effective way to communicate that to the player. I mean, we have, sort of settled on this as a 
common trope in a lot of games now, and I'm just not convinced that it's the best way. It's just borrowing. Are are you talking about the presentation or the system? I'm talking about the presentation. The system just seems like the system is a, is a little frustrating too, because I feel like people just design these games with pen and paper and then just build those cards directly into the game. And it seems like an unnecessary limitation. Like Hearthstone (coughs) is fucking great because it uses like in the fiction, it's this card game, but then the cards can fucking change and duplicate and randomize and stuff like that in a way that doesn't bother you that it's a card game. Because all it is is a card game. Like a lot of these other games are like an RPG where on the side there are these cards, right? Which just don't make any sense to me in the fiction of the game. Do you have right? the same like, objection to Puzzle Quest? No, but Puzzle Quest was built around a central mechanic that was the bejeweled, you know, mm-hmm. right? And it also used the it it sort of subverted bejeweled in a way that was interesting to me right it like as you collected gems it it gave you mana to then cast spells and stuff that doesn't really feel like a subversion though i mean that like it changed what your objective was in in Bejeweled, right? Bejeweled is just to try to like make as many matches well, as possible. I mean, you don't really care so what the composition made, of yeah, them is. I mean, I guess insofar as you cared what color, yeah, you were matching in Puzzle Quest, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's an abstract objection. I mean, it's not that I don't won't play games with those. I just it's a weird. It's, it's just, dissatis- it's always it's been a weird thing. To me. It's it's always been weird to me that you found it so off putting. Like when. An RPG, like, because I think you just hate RPGs because you Me? don't like, yeah, because you don't like the like straightforward Final Fantasy style, style turn-based battle system. Yeah, I you hate, hate that. Hate you that. absolutely hate that. But when something like, say, Metroplexity, which is a browser game, sort of similar to KOL, mm. I, you know, it's not, it never, it never really took off, but you know, the, it is. A kind of a cyberpunk thing. The battle system in it—it's a card-based. It one, is a yeah. card. Ge- you have a deck. You have a deck of cards that are your abilities. The, your abilities have a number on them, and on your turn, you draw a hand of five cards, and then you can sort of play a, a straight of any magnitude. So if you draw four ones and a two, you can play a one and a two, or a two and a one, and the order in which you do it will change things about the game state what you're being pushed toward is building a deck that is more or less in equal measure like ones twos threes fours and fives so that you have a maximal chance of being able to do a one two three four five straight right you even though that was in my mind like way more interesting with fewer moving pieces than a straight up just attack or cast spell or use item like JRPG style thing. You hated it because it was cards. And I remember thinking that objection was super weird. And it's like, what the fuck would make you happy in an RPG? Like what's an RPG that you like? You like puzzle games. Yeah. What's an RPG that you've played and liked? 
I mean, do you consider like Deus Ex an RPG? Deus Ex is a first-person shooter with serious RPG elements okay. associated is, with it. Like, is uh, Zelda an RPG? I would call Zelda an action adventure with RPG elements. How about okay? Wow, I don't. So that Baldur's Gate. I mean, I played tactical games. Yeah, like, Baldur's Gate is definitely an RPG. I played yeah. tactical games like. Pool, you know, Pool of Radiance and stuff like that. Pool of Radiance full on fucking RPG, but like, okay. So, so like tactical, like a tactical map where you're moving a bunch of dudes around. That that's way better to me, way way preferable to me than the Final Fantasy combat thing. Okay. Where it's just you're on one side, the enemies are on the other side, and you're just picking stuff from drop downs. Every the every combat is basically the fucking same over and over and over again. Do you think that every combat in KOL is the same over and over again? I think most of them are the same over and over again. Yeah, yeah I think you're probably right. Um, why do you make bad games? Why are, you, why are you making games that you hate? Do you think that every combat in Word Realms is the same? Nope. That's different because you are given a set of tiles you're and then are... A different, it's a different problem to solve every time. Ta- yeah, you're tasked with trying to make the best word and that's awesome because it's based on your vocabulary do you think that anyone will ever buy or play word realms no probably (laughs) not um even though you think it's a better and more interesting game than the game that we make that's actually profitable sure what's wrong with the world kevin what do you think is wrong with games journalism (laughs) that makes that the case I, I mean, I think we should have. I think we should have just made it an MMO to start with, because that—that's clearly where all the money is. It's all in MMOs. Yeah, that's where all of that sweet 2006 money is. It's yeah. I mean, this is. I'm having a hard time defending this position because it's just sort of an emotional reaction, right? Like, I played Card Hunter for an hour and was like, okay, I sort of get what they're doing here, but I just don't care i you know i played hearthstone for a couple hours and was like okay i see i see what this is all about and i also just stopped playing that right like they just have a a computer game that it uses cards as its primary metaphor i just don't has has just never held my attention you also never you didn't really get into magic i played magic pretty seriously for a couple years oh but that was like 20 years ago at this point well sure so 18 years ago. Man, remember 20 years ago when Magic the Gathering was already a thing? Mm. Yeah, wow. It was like... No, like 94. 20, 94 is... 93, 94 is yeah. when... Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Um. Hey, speaking of MMOs, I also played a bunch of Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, did you play it at 12x speed? I did. They, <laughs> they've done... They, they announced... Remember how uh, before they were going to announce it, and then they announced that they weren't going to announce it, but then later on they announced that they were going to announce it, and then they announced it, and there was a there was a story on Massively about each of those steps. Um, you can pre-order the... I don't remember what it's called. Shadow of Revan? 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 Revan. Revenge of the Shadow. I bet it's probably Revan. Um, it's the guy from Knights of the Old Republic, that character who, I think you mean uh, lady. Sure. Okay. Um, 
Anyway, if you pre-order the expansion and then you have an active subscription, they have a deal running from now until the expansion comes out where all of your class-specific missions will give you 12.32x the normal amount of experience. What? Where did they get that number? Yeah. That is the amount that it takes to get to the level cap with just the experience gained from those missions. Huh. Whoa. So, before, like, during the, during the, uh, like, the friends and family alpha thing, they set up 3x XP, which made it so you could level up basically just doing your class quests, right? But you actually had to kill everything and, like, fight a lot of monsters to get the bulk of that experience, right? At 1x, you had to do all your class quests, kill all the monsters, and then also do all these other quests on the on the planets and kill all the monsters that were required to do all of those quests in order to, to level up. This is insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> you go and you do a couple of... Like, you turn in the first quest... And you are level five. Like you <laughs> jump from level one to level five. Because you are so far above where you're supposed to be in level at every moment, like basically nothing in the world aggros on you because everything, all of the monsters in the world have an aggro radius that is decreased by your level differential, right? So that, so that a high level guy isn't constantly just getting like, you know, suicide goblins running after him. So you fight almost nothing in doing this. So like, I was really excited about this. Like I was really excited about the ability to just like play a bunch of the old Republic, like just do the story missions, just see the like, I mean, partially what I wanted was to see the difference between light side and dark side playthroughs. I don't know that I'm going to play the same class twice. Once as light side and once as dark side, because that's kind of boring, but imagining based on what my decisions are resulting in what the opposite decision might have resulted in. Uh, but what it is doing actually, like I have put maybe, I think I have like nine hours played on this guy that I made on three days ago, two days ago, four of which was probably me just tabbed out waiting for cab rides to go places while I worked or dicked around on Reddit or whatever. And I am more than halfway to the level cap on the guy. The forums claim that if you have a high level character sort of feeding you a little bit of money, you can get a character to the level cap in like six hours played. Wow. Given these, I was going to say insurance boosts. What I meant was experience boosts. The problem with only getting experience from quest turn ins is that you don't fight very many things, which is sort of part of the fun of the game is like swinging a lightsaber at monsters and shit that you just kind of don't, there's no reason to do it. Like you kind of just want to avoid everything on the way to, you know, whatever your objective is. But then when you do have to fight something, you're like super under geared for it mm -hmm. because all of the gear that you would have had 
at that point normally is stuff that you would have just gotten randomly from other quests yeah. that you were doing that like filled in all of your other slots. And so the only way that I'm able to like survive the fights that I have to win in order to progress the story is by going back to my like already level capped. I mean, he's not level capped anymore. He was level capped before any expansions came out and just send a bunch of money to the new character so that he can just buy a bunch of random greens on the auction house every five or six levels to be able to survive these fights. And it's crazy. You can't, you can't do any crafting because like the way that the way that the gathering professions work is like in wow, where it's like, you know, you in the starter zones, you're picking some peace bloom and what's the other, Ah, come on. Thistle. One of you knows uh, this. Briarthorn? No, Briarthorn's in the second tier. Uh, Dude, it, it has been years since I've picked a fucking flower in World of Warcraft. Silverleaf. Silverleaf and Peace Bloom are the two. So, in the starter areas in World of Warcraft, there is Silverleaf and Peace Bloom are the two herbalism uh, collection nodes. And you pick <clears throat> 50 of those. And then your herbalism is leveled up enough that you can pick Briarthorn or you can pick right. Life Root or whatever in the second areas. In this idiom of Star Wars The Old Republic, there is no fucking way you're going to just happen to run into 50 of the like mm. level one archaeology crystals before it's time to, to move, move to on the to the area where, where the level two ones are yeah. that you can't pick. Yeah. You can't harvest. And so it is like... To level up a crafting discipline while you were doing this, rather than just being a thing that you did in concert with your your sort of protracted period of leveling, is a thing that makes it take three times as long. So, How long would it take, or is this even possible, to go back and do, like, just mow through... Once you Gray. have all the mobi mobility increases and stuff. Well, too. just no, not I'm I'm not thinking for crafting. I'm thinking just just mow through some gray side quests to get to get quest gear to fill in your <clears throat> slots. It wouldn't missing. it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it's faster to just buy it at the auction house. It would be okay. faster to farm normal mobs of the level that you are to get money, and then spend the money on the player economy to get gear upgrades. It's, it's also trying, like I was really excited about that. I, I spent $50 to do this. It was $30 for 60 days of, of, of subscription time and then $20 for the expansion. But I thought, you know, I can effectively turn this game into the thing that it should have been, which was Knights of the old Republic three through uh, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten. Three through ten. Because there are eight classes. Each of them had, like, you know, a full, like, storyline spread out across all these different planets. A full KOTOR's worth of storyline? <clears throat> Probably, yeah, realistically, in wow. terms of the amount of... In terms of the amount of, like, individual quests to do and cutscenes and conversations and stuff. Hmm. Like, yeah. I think that each of them... Each class was about the scope of wow. Knights of the Old Republic, except that all of the Republic classes, two-thirds of the sort of miscellaneous questing com content, they had in common. Mm. So 
you couldn't do one and then do another one without repeating the same quests in two-thirds of cases. Two-thirds because, or yeah. one tw- or eleven-twelfths? Two th- just two-thirds, huh. right? So, so like, this was always the thing. In so Star, in was Star Wars, supposed to the Old you- Republic, the, your class quest accounted for about a third of the content, and the generic quests on the planet accounted for the remaining two-thirds of the combat, which is why when you had 3x experience, you could just do the class quests. Okay. So why does why is it 12x now? Because the class quests assume that you also are killing a shitload of monsters to complete the class quests because you have to when you're not out-leveling them all and not aggroing anything. So like huh. Right, because you get you get XP for turning in quests, but most of your XP still comes from just randomly killing monsters and like interacting with objects in the world and stuff. And when you're not doing that, you don't get that XP, but you also don't get any of the drops. You don't get any of the commendations that you use to turn in for arbitrary pieces of like fairly high, like high budget gear to shore up gaps from maybe right. quests that you didn't do or whatever. You can do a little bit of it. <clears throat> they've even, they've collapsed all that down. It used to be that like you would dick around on like Narshada for six levels. And a bunch of quests on Narshada would give you Narshada commendations. And then those Narshada commendations could be turned into a gear vendor to get you, like, blue or purple gear. Just like, wow, it's factions. Yeah, if if the factions were, like, extremely segregated by level, hmm. right? Because Star Wars The Old Republic, like, you're never going to go back to a previous planet. There's no, there's no value. Like, the, the value that they tried to give in it the, the value that they tried to endow on it was, say, Alderaan, which is the 25 to 30 leveling zone. There were pieces of gear that nothing else looked like that, that you could only buy using Alderaan commendations. And maybe it was more than you would get over the course of naturally leveling through the area. And so you'd go back and farm those. Their theory was you'd go back and farm those commendations to get that gear so that your gear would look like that. If you liked the way that that gear made you look. I see. The, the fucking crazy muddled mess that is itemization in Star Wars The Old Republic is thrown into even sharper relief by the speed at which you're going through stuff because there is gear. There is just like, this is a, this is a level five piece of heavy armor. This is a level 10 piece of heavy armor. Okay. This is a green quality level five piece of armor, which is just nicer than the armor that requires level five. This is a blue level five armor that still requires level five to equip, but is even nicer. And then here's a purple one. That's even nicer than that. Here's an orange one which doesn't have any stats on it, but it has four modifications socketed into it that make it equivalent to a purple level five item. But if you pull the modifications out of a level 10 orange and put them into this level five orange, you have a level 10 item that looks like this level five item. Okay. Right. So the itemization, the gearing in that game, most of it, 
was here's an item that drops and it has a it has a quality it has a, it has a level it has some stats on it or whatever but the gear that they wanted to make important to you and the stuff that you got out of dungeons and stuff was all orange which was just a husk for you to put all of these confusingly divided stat increasing modifications into is, is it's that, like is that their equivalent of transmog and wow you, it's not you, you pick the it's, orange you like and no no it so the the wow equivalent would be if the only thing that put enchantments on an was item gem was gems ah, okay right but every item had a number of gem slots in it and when it dropped it had some gems in it huh right and what they That's were going for was it's you know you don't you don't have in your head the story of a Jedi who had a lightsaber and then 15 minutes later he got a cooler lightsaber yeah. and got rid of his old lightsaber and then 15 minutes after that he got an even cooler lightsaber. You get a guy who more or less wore the same vest yeah. for the entire movie, right? And so you want your smuggler to more or less be wearing the same vest for the entire level progression through the game and there's nothing exciting about getting a new pair of gloves for your Han Solo, right? So there, there were just like they wanted. I guess I don't understand why this is confusing or muddled or whatever. You right? don't like, huh? I mean, it's not incomprehensible. It's just when a piece of gear drops, there is a part of you that wants to look at it and say, is this better or worse than the piece of gear that I'm wearing? Because while you're leveling, if you're not super concerned with what your dude looks like right. when you're leveling, which fucking no one is. Eh, I think that that's... It, it, especially in an environment where leveling happens so fast that, like, I just got a new hat. An hour from now, I am going to have a better hat than this. I think we became conditioned to not care what our characters looked like because we were always looking like clowns because we were trying to... Well, put, sure. Put numerical stuff ahead sure. of everything so, else. So, and, and, but and, a system that supported you right. looking like a badass from the beginning and, or looking cool from the beginning and then like getting these incremental badass and it upgrades. And, and it would have been fine if it wasn't doing both things at the same time. It really feels like what happened is they made a copy of WoW and then they thought, well, wait a minute. Luke Skywalker didn't switch out lightsabers every nine minutes. So they suddenly were like, oh, well, you know, really the way this works is that there's going to be orange gear that's the important gear, mm -hmm. and it'll have these enhancements in it. And then there will be all these places where you can buy enhancements, and we'll put enhancements in as quest rewards in a bunch of places. So it's just this, like, half and half mix of, like, shit that you... Okay. This, this gun looks cool, but it's not orange, so I can't upgrade it. So, well, fuck is like the forums are filled with is there an orange gun with this model right these websites wikis built up around the old republic that was like if you want a thing that looks like this cool gun that you got at one point when you were level 14 this thing does it the actual cool ones they held back to sell in the cash shop which <laughs> but the actual cool models yeah. That seems fine to me, right? Because that's just cosmetic. No, it is. It is fine. But here's the, here is the problem with, here's the problem with what I have suggested. You will get 
Let's say you are a guy and you have your orange gun that you like that you're upgrading the pieces of as you go along. Any quest that gives you a gun that isn't an orange gun might as well have given you nothing because there's you nothing. Can sell you can, it for cash. That's sure. That's true in a lot of other like World of Warcraft cat. Right. Except that what it does is it takes 90% of the, the quests in the game that are giving you a thing that is actually tailored for your class, which a third of the quests in the game are only for your class. Right. And it makes the, and it makes the rewards that you get for that quest not have any value to you other I, than, I think I probably would something. have embraced the enhancement thing and just made almost everything yeah. be enhancement based. If but, I had, if I had made that game. Right. But they didn't, they changed their mind like 90% of the way through yeah, and switched to this that model. And so a lot of the rewards that you were getting were just meaningless to you. If you did get something, you're like, well, okay, does this gun look cooler than my gun? That's one thing that you might care about. Right. If this gun looks cooler than my gun, I'm going to spend a few thousand credits taking the four improvements out of my gun and dropping them into my inventory so that I can then spend a few thousand credits taking the four improvements out of this new gun and putting them into my inventory. And then I can equip the new gun, mouse over all of the individual things, make sure, all right, is this the best barrel that I have? Oh, no, I accidentally put the wrong barrel. I accidentally put the barrel from the old gun in the new gun, and it has minus four stats, so I'm going to spend another 300 credits to pull that barrel out of this gun. Make sure I put the new barrel in this time. Oh, whoops, I guess I didn't need to take that one out because it was actually better than the one that was in my original gun, so I just wasted a bunch of money doing that. Man. It It's just not any fun you can't look at two items and tell which one is better than the other because well that's a complicated question which one is better and like there's a part of you that wants that because you want the rpg systems to be complicated but this is not a fun way for them to be complicated you can't just compare barrel to barrel and grip to grip and stuff you can except that they are line items on a item description that now has 40 lines of stats. Okay, well, so that's just a bad Because of all the things then. that are in it. But I don't know that you could present it any better. See, here's the thing. You have a gun that has four mods in it, all of which convey some stats to it. You get another gun. There are hundreds of comparison results that you can get. Mm -hmm. Okay, this gun looks cooler or it doesn't look cooler. It has a better barrel or a worse barrel. It has a better sight or a worse sight. It has a better trigger or a worse trigger. It has a better pommel. The fuck do you, a grip, <laughs> grip or a worse grip. You make that determination and then there's just a bunch of fucking tedious bookkeeping moving the best pieces. Well, but from that seems like an interface issue then instead of a, but a, like a design problem, right? Like, I don't know, man. Having played it for dozens of hours, it felt like a design problem to me, but you might be right. I mean... The way you're describing it, it just seems like... It they, right. They're it just sounds they're, like a good idea. It just doesn't play very well. Like, it seems like they needed to have a better way to compare parts of things. Because, like, you can... If you can determine that a site is better than another site, that seems fine. And you sh it should just be a single click to swap those out or something, right? Like... It shouldn't be this convoluted process to dump both of them into your inventory and then pick the right one and reattach it or whatever. But like, what it sounds like to me is that they should have just 
had like a handful of orange drops throughout the entire game just seemed like you know just a couple of models and then everything else was just components right like all the other drops from monsters and stuff like that was just enhancements like that's what it sounds like they should have done i would argue though that that in practice is super fucking boring <sighs> like to kill a skeleton and get an ingot of metal mm-hmm. is fundamentally dissatisfying compared to killing a skeleton and getting a sweet sword. Like it just. But well, if, if you kill a hundred skeletons and get a hundred sweet swords, that's also dissatisfying. So there's got to be some. There's got to be somewhere in there. If there was that, like that the the gray version of the the orange shell that a skeleton would drop with some green, the, and maybe if you're lucky, a blue component inside it yeah that would be like getting this goblin dropped a shitty sword but eh, it's got a nice gem in the hilt i'll take that i mean a thing that would have been cool i think the the way that i would maybe have done this given given what i know from having played a shitload of it and been dissatisfied with the things that i was dissatisfied with if you could break down a green pistol and maybe get a super cool barrel out of right. it mm-hmm. that then you look at the barrel and it compares like if you started out with just your iconic gun you yep. just have han solo's cool gun it kind of doesn't make any sense for any other monster in the world to drop a gun but like fuck if you're going to play an rpg that's set in the Star Wars universe where you kill 10,000 guys and none of them drops a fucking gun. <laughs> they all just right? take triggers. <laughs> so what, right. what's Which going is, that's, on? That's just terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. And that's obviously terrible. And that's obviously why they didn't do it. Right. But like, I don't know. You know, part of the problem is that World of Warcraft was playing with fantasy as its setting. And there are a hundred warriors that you can think of all of whom have different swords and different kinds of skins that they're wearing or armor that they're wearing or whatever there is only one han solo like Mm. han solo is not a kind of guy so when you make a game about playing the kind of guy that han solo is you can't think like oh well this is han solo except wearing a fireman's helmet (laughs) like this this tips this 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 like Taps into my impression of what what Han Solo would have been like if he was a dentist. Like this is Han Solo, but nobody wants to play Sega Genesis with him. There's Han Solo only had one hat, and it was no fucking hat. So if you're making a game where Han Solo is a character class, you can't have any hats. Like it no, Han, doesn't. Han Solo just had it check marked off in his in his options menu to not show it he was wearing a fireman's helmet the whole time you just couldn't see it yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> my i re- i looked back at my my smuggler character that i that i played and the i saw the suit that i ended up with and he had a i picked a uh like a vest that had a pair of goggles around the neck and then a hat that had a pair of goggles <laughs> attached to it so could you then just like wear a third pair of goggles <laughs> No, I don't oh. think there was actually a goggles slot. But I think two two pairs of goggles was, was neither enough. of which was on your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no great. one of them was the the hat one. Oh, the hat okay. one. The the goggles oh, were actually over the, the eyes. The no, no. I, <laughs> but well, then you just got your backup set of goggles on your. <laughs> Those are your throat vest. goggles. <laughs> Protect your throat. 
Like, I don't know that I think the man you know, on the street. We should just replace all of these with cards, and that would make it <laughs> clear to everyone what they were doing, and it would be easy to swap them out. It would be easy to compare them. I don't think that the average <clears throat> fantasy guy in fantasy world necessarily needs to painstakingly manufacture each of his pieces of gear out of the other problem with these with these enhancement things for items is that they aren't anything like some items that some of them are some of them are mods and some of them are enhancements mm -hmm. and what the fuck is that a mod is a kind of a concave looking thing that looks like a part of a wristwatch and an enhancement is a sort of uh I don't know, like like a like a like a corrugated piece of metal, right? They always look the same. They always have like the same kind of outline in the icon, huh. which makes them fucking boring. Unlike four different swords, like a hundred different enhancements and a hundred different mods are less interesting than four swords because the four swords have different fucking pictures, and they're a sword. You can think about a sword, and you can imagine what you would do with a sword. The mods and the enhancements and a particularly cool barrel for a gun that you can't see when you put it into the gun, they don't mean anything. They aren't, like, a, a sword is used in metaphors because it expresses something fundamental about a way in which we can interact with the world. A gun does the same thing. A mod doesn't. Enhancement doesn't. Nobody has ever, nobody has ever said of any gun, oh man, that gun had a really cool trigger. <laughs> like, because nobody cares. Well, I mean, there's been but, guns with like cool grips, like ivory, ivory nope. inlay or whatever. Nobody ever like said that sword those... made him really strong either, right? Like, that sword increased his critical hit ratio. No, but swords are cool. Swords are cool in a way that the hilts of swords are not. Like, swords are cool in a way that the thumb guard on a sword is never going to be cool. Like, the, the coolest pommel of a sword is not quite as cool as the least cool sword. Like, it, we're, we're making things that are meant to be vehicles for the expression of experience and emotion. We're not making things that are meant to be like science fiction gunsmithing simulators. Right? Because that shit is boring. Like there are elements of it that you can break down and present to people who are interested in it that will maybe be interesting to the people who are into the idea of like, oh man, I wonder what the guy who made Han Solo's gun, I wonder what a Tuesday was like for him. I'll bet he took apart some other guns, and sometimes there was a Mark IV reflex trigger in it, and sometimes there was a Mark III reflex trigger in it, but the Mark IV reflex trigger was probably 33% better than the Mark III reflex trigger, and oh man, I love Star Wars. I would bet that... Most people, when a sword drops, do not think, oh, man, that sword is fucking awesome. They just look at its stats without even looking at the sword, probably, and compare it to the sword that they've got and pick the better one mm. with the bigger numbers. 
every time a piece of gear drops in World of Warcraft, you control click it to see what it looks like on your guy. Even if it's a thing that he can't even equip. Now that transmog is a thing. You always, always do that. The first thing that you know about a piece of gear is what it's going to look like. Yeah, now that you mention it. Half the time. I think I always did do that. One, I would, once I, I, would look once at I figured stats. out that command click or whatever it is was a thing. If its stats were not interesting, I would just, no matter what it looked like, I was never going to use it. I always looked just out of curiosity. I probably would not have equipped it if the stats weren't reasonable. Well, I mean, a lot of times you couldn't equip it because it like wasn't for your class or whatever. Like, yeah. But you wanted to know what it looked like because the most important thing about a fucking helmet is, is it cool looking? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> I think that most people probably care more about stats than they do about how cool something looks. I don't know. Like I don't, the ability, I, to, I, I the ability to, to modify things with transmog changes. I would need to see some some heavy some the, some heavy like, science to determine those statistics. Transmogrification, the the ability to customize what your gear looks like, has a huge impact on that because now you can spend time like getting the highest number stat and then decide what it looks like. But I think most people would just go for the highest you'd be number sur- stat thing. You'd be surprised how many people playing Dark Souls play Fashion Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls is not <clears throat> a meaningfully multiplayer game in this way, right? Like, sure, you can have people come in and attack you or go to other people's games. Well, sure, but, it's- but that's, that's, that makes it even stranger. Yeah, that's a strong... Because- Saying that Dark yeah. Souls is not a meaningfully multiplayer game, like a, that is in an MMO, you are interacting with t- dozens or hundreds of people. Yeah, who can all the time who can see your gear? Yeah, but in Dark Souls, only once every hour or so will someone see your gear, but people do it anyway. Dark Souls is a weird. Dark Souls game. is a weird game. <laughs> right? Like, you know, Zach's complaint about the whole club issue because it had a an A rating in one particular stat, meaning that for his play style, that was just the best weapon that he was going to encounter through basically the whole game. Um, right? Like, it seems like there are a bunch of different ways to optimize Dark Souls that are completely mystifying. And so, given that mystification, why not just choose the weapon that looks the best? Hmm. Right? That seems like you're... It seems like the point that you're making is you don't understand the math behind the weapons in this game, so there might as well not be any math behind the weapons in this game, which is, you don't believe that. No, I'm saying that, like, like, you felt like the this weapon was the best weapon for you, and were not were frustrated that other weapons which looked cooler didn't hit as hard, right? And 
So you can either just pick something that looks cool and has like lightning coming out of it, or you can just use this shitty looking club. I've lost track of what you're actually trying to argue about the original conversation here. I mean, my contention is that the itemization in Star Wars The Old Republic is a fucking mess because of the way that it works. You seem to have taken this idealized form of what you think uh, that could mean, and you're arguing that it's great based on... No, I'm, like, I, I, I said that, like, I think I would have designed things very differently if if having this sort of appearance as the central locus thing is important. And it sounds like they have screwed that up a lot by having stuff that you can add mods to versus stuff that is just unmodifiable and this sort of really gross middle ground and, and also like a really crappy way of interacting with changing stuff that even when you can alter it, right? Like it seems like they, they had a bunch of competing design objectives and none of them won out and that results in the morass that you're describing right like yeah that seems like a reasonable conclusion um i mean and there were a lot of like that stuff changed really dramatically even between like a week before launch and launch like oh because you were playing in the beta right yeah the like the the mod system for weapons was even more complicated than it is now before for a while you had to be at like item modification stations to Mm. work on items. And so there was a dedicated interface for it and then they kind of changed that. So you could do it anywhere, man. I don't know that game. I'm having fun, but the fights are really hard because I'm so under geared and it's making me really have to think a lot about the gear in this game and the gear in this game fucking sucks. They took away so, the interface with the stations? They didn't. They made it so you just right, like, control, right click on an item, like, while you have it equipped. To, I, to I want to go back to Dark Souls for a second. You can, you, you said, Rift, that you can just beat the game with the worst weapon in the game, right? The worst numerical stat weapon in the game. If right? you're, if you're skilled at the game. Sure. So, people have given it. that, given the fact that <clears throat> at one sort of extreme of skill level, the, the stats on the weapons just don't matter. Then, then my argument, I think, is why not just pick something that looks cool and just play the rest of the game with that? Well, because maybe you're not good enough to beat it with that. Okay, but I don't think that that I think that. I mean, this thing. My ob- my objection to that whole club thing is that this dumb weapon that I hate the way that it looks you're is the, the only weapon that does enough damage that my stupid baby ass well, can actually beat you're any on enemies the, with. You're on the opposite side of that. You're, you're like, I want to use this cool looking sword, but I can't because I can't kill things with it. And I'm saying the people that are playing the fashion core are probably on the flip side where they can just kill, they can kill everything in the game with any weapon. So they're just going to pick the thing that looks the coolest, right? Like that, that's why I'm saying it's a weird game, right? Like it's not, there is not the same kind of gating that you have in a World of Warcraft or a Star Wars game where I assume that you you need gear with high enough numbers on it so that you can actually progress in the game. And that that is why I, I would argue that until maybe the level cap in a situation where you are – your progress is gated by the numbers that people really only care about the numbers, right – like only in weird fringe circumstances are you going to care about what stuff looks like. Either it's possible, like in a situation where 
you can like transmog stuff all the time, then you are going to want to like, like when that becomes an option, like you're going to wear your fashionable stuff. Right. And then you're just going to keep putting the, you're going to change the innards out as you level up, like you level up your gun because you've got a cool looking gun. It would have maybe made sense in the old Republic for just end game gear to work like that. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you want to kill a boss in a dungeon and have him drop <clears throat> something that is a fucking thing. Yeah. As opposed to just like, oh, cool, this is the trigger from Boba Fett's gun. Plus, if like the if the cool story that you're going through with that character is the leveling game, I mean, you don't you don't want to have a Han Solo who is dressed like a clown right up until the last hour of Return of the Jedi when when he gets to wear whatever he wants. Killing a skeleton and getting a sweet sword, like, that is fun if you kill one skeleton, right? Like, well, it's, it's fun if you kill a hundred skeletons and one of them drops a sweet sword. Okay. So... Also, this can be abstracted out. Maybe a different skeleton drops sweet boots, and maybe another one drops a sweet shield. What is it about the the physicality or the like completeness of a of a sword or a shield or boots or whatever that is so much more satisfying than shoelaces? Than a well, yeah, than a jewel, which. I mean, I don't know why is a Camaro cooler than a tire. It just (laughs) is. I'm serious. Like, I'm not, I'm not like trying to be a dick about this. Like, I just, it is, it is better to have a sword than to have a chunk of iron. Like, it just is. But it is, you're saying it, it is better to have a sword drop in your lap than to construct a sword painstakingly from 12 pieces that you know they're both cool but okay the but building your own sword isn't cool enough to make it so no other swords than the ones that you exist are ever allowed to exist in the world right you would you you would need the skeletons to drop their cool swords which you bust up into cool parts to make a cooler sword or the skeletons drop swords and parts that you can use if you're interested to augment the sword that you got from the last skeleton or whatever. I mean, none of these systems are ever satisfying, right? It There are a lot of goals that run counter to one another that a lot of different parts of the different populations of different multiplayer games have, and there's never been one that made everybody happy. Like, the best that you can hope for is, for a while, the guys that make cool swords can make the coolest sword in the game, and that's what everybody wants this month. But then next month, we need to have a boss, and that guy's got a cool-looking sword in the model that our 3D artist made, so yeah. people are really going to want that sword. Well, I guess he'll drop that sword, as opposed to, like, nope, he'll drop the address of his swordsmith, <laughs> and you can go there and take him some other shit that some other guy dropped, and he'll make you this sword. Like It turns that's out just... he was just hitting you with a blueprint of his sword. <laughs> it's just not as cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so you're always going to move away from that. Like, I, I really don't like modern WoW boss fights where the 
things that they drop might as well just be randomly generated. Like, it's fine for random schlubs to drop randomly generated stuff, but if I'm fighting a guy who's wearing a cool fucking helmet and he drops a helmet, I want it to be the fucking helmet that he was wearing. Because that's just, it just makes sense and it's cool. Yeah. And when you're, when it's you're definitely fighting cooler than he drops like a coupon that you can take back to some other dude and he'll give you a helmet that looks nothing like his helmet. Like that guy in Scarlet Monastery that had the one giant shoulder pad and you killed that guy and then you could get that fucking shoulder pad. And then some guys from levels 25 to 35 or whatever, when that was a good piece of gear for them, were running around with that shoulder pad on and it was fucking awesome. And I wore that shit even when it wasn't the best gear in the slot for a long time because it was fucking cool looking. And like maybe most people don't do that, but. I did because I'm a fucking orc shaman. I'm not like a set of numbers in that game, right? I'm interested in what my character is in World of Warcraft. I don't know, man. This is long and boring. <laughs> Let's skip the news. I've got I've got a good one though. No. Oh. Hey, Riff. Anything in the news? So uh, they're making a new Mist game, which will be based on the new Mist TV series that they're making. Ooh, yep, that's gonna be terrible. I bet it. It may or may not be terrible. It's the the production company is um, Legendary Entertainment, who are who is the production company that did the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, which I like the first two a lot. I didn't see the third one. But that was pretty cool. And the Millers, the, the Randon Robin Miller, who did the original Mist games, are, are, uh, are, are taking an unspecified creative role in the production of the TV series and presumably will be in charge of the video game. They're so, sandwich designers for craft services. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, so, I mean... They're going to hide different parts of the sandwich in different <laughs> eras of time. <laughs> yes, I have this elaborate bronze contraption that has a slice of ham concealed in it. But did you I, have to find the combination. Did I hear the same news, but they accidentally said the word uh, n- new season of twin peaks instead of that is also missed. that is that is that is also something i am very excited about but that is that is not a sh- video are game. you sure it's separate news because maybe it's just the same show <laughs> oh now that would be interesting I, I agent cooper could could work a bronze lever i bet what if we made an mmo based on twin peaks Hmm. Where the log lady would get a succession of larger and fancier logs <laughs> yep. as each expansion came out. <laughs> Instead of just adding different kinds of bark to the outside. Yeah, of her. you got bark, you've got core, you've got nobbin, you've got a rusty nail in the side of the log, and you can put different rusty nails in there. Yep. <laughs> So this assignment, never-ending nightmares. Mm. It looks so, really nice. 
Did we all have the same experience where we played the game, we finished the game, we saw that there were multiple endings, but that the branch point for the multiple endings was the most boring part of the entire game, and we decided, yeah, fuck those other endings? Yeah, absolutely no memory of there being anywhere in there that it would have branched. <laughs> yeah, do you know where the branch actually is in the asylum? no idea. Okay, nope. so at the end of the asylum, when you have to... Did you just jump off into the void? Oh, yeah. I didn't. If I you, couldn't find anything else to do. If you turn around and go back into the asylum, ah! that's the other choice. Okay. So okay. this is a case that's where fair. you have been... It's No, it's not. It is kind <laughs> of fair. I don't think it's fair at all. I went you, back through doors all the time. So that, I know, and you were never, ever rewarded with anything for it. <laughs> I was so, I was sad there weren't a lot more different vignettes in those those asylum cells. The I asylum just went on and on and on. The and asylum was every probably zone did every every location uh, in the game. I felt could have been could have been a third to a half as long. The or, asylum or and the hospital by a third to a half. And it the was, asylum and the hospital. I definitely agree with you. The stuff that the stuff that was in the house, like the first. Everything that happened prior to the asylum, I thought was paced pretty well. Like, you'd, mm. you you know, you're running around the house. It was... So, this is another one of those things like antechamber, I feel like, where the fact that the house randomly rearranged itself from playthrough to playthrough, like from, from nightmare to nightmare. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, that's just what everything is like all the time for me. <laughs> Figuring out how to navigate spaces with no map. So, that didn't bother me at all. Yeah. In the hospital, yeah. did the hospital level actually just rant? Like, I had the overwhelming impression in the hospital level that when I went through a door, that it was just randomly teleporting me to the other side of another door somewhere else in the level. That was not my impression. Yeah, did that I, I Did that level actually that have feeling. a fixed geography? I thought so. Huh. Well, I have no idea how I got through it. The I times just wandered that around. I died, it did seem, and and therefore had to go back through a couple rooms. It did seem to have a fixed geography. Well, I think there were certain places where it would respawn a room for you to wake up in, that wasn't necessarily where that door went previous to that. A lot of the times, those do- you couldn't go through those doors. You you would because like you could look through a window. And not open a door. Mm. And sometimes that's you would spawn inside one of those rooms and come out of it and you couldn't go back through. I feel like sometimes you would go into a room and it would just be some random shit. And then if you died, that room would be replaced with a new bedroom for you. To it wasn't replaced. Th- like those those were the same rooms. They, they just were just empty bedrooms that you would wander into. Mm. And then if you died, you'd wake up there. I don't mean to suggest that I did not like this game because I did. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I love the art style to death. I love Edward Gorey, and it was very Edward I like the art style. I was not as impressed by the animation yeah. in it, It was, but it, was, it, it, it wasn't was, bad. Yeah. I liked the fact that darkness was handled by just pen strokes yeah, in yeah, different yeah. layers. Yeah. I, liked, I liked the intersection of 2D and 3D that it made clear mm. was happening like in the hallway where light was shining through the windows. Yeah. That was the fact mean. that as you got closer to the windows, it revealed itself to actually be like beams yeah. of light penetrating Yeah, or sort of like beams of absence of darkness. Right. Like yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Shadow. The way the, sh- the way the shadows worked was yeah. weird, but it was, it was, yeah. Um, I don't like jump scares. I think that's the cheapest form of horror. 
There weren't a lot of those. There were enough that I started to get bugged, but, but the, yeah, uh, other the one that, I liked the best was yeah. the like the level where you started out and then just immediately got <laughs> pulled under the bed. Oh, oh I didn't I see didn't that. Get that. Oh, I guess that must have been in one of the branches that you guys didn't go down. It was which I got the middle ending. Yeah, me too. I got the bottom, so it must have been in the huh. bottom. Okay, bottom one. So that I was think great, actually in mine. It turns out that you prying the bones and the veins out of your arms was real, and oh, you're weird. hospitalized for having oh, vandalized I, your own arms. I assumed that it wasn't so much that that was real, but that's sort of just metaphorical for having slashed your wrists or whatever. Oh. It was my assumption. Huh. I don't know, man. He was stitched up for his entire forearms. Well, I, he went he went down the road and not across the street. Hmm. I don't know. I got the impression that he just like really pried his bones out with crowbar. That would be really hard oh, to yeah, do. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. No, it really would. And plus, once you did one, fuck if you can actually pull off the other one. Like, yeah, you'd really need an accomplice or like a really strong mouth. Uh, I found myself not not stressed out in a good way by the guy being asthmatic and you just not being able to run. Yeah. Like it was fine when you were actually, it was fine when you were actually running from things and it needed to be a timer to stop you from just running. But like when you were just traversing space, it was like, it felt a little slow. And I understand that part of that has to do with pacing, but like the spaces were so, expansive and and, especially that asylum level big and repetitive like that was just i would have liked for it to be a shorter game and less repetitive i think even though it was already short enough that all of the steam forums are just talking about what a waste of money it was really yeah people are terrible huh people are just fucking terrible people should not be able to speak on the internet (laughs) anyway I'm glad the game got made thanks to yeah. me and generous backers like me. <laughs> your your name was not quite the last in the list. Yeah. I watched until I saw yours. But and I stopped. No. Oh. All right. No, I did see mine because it was I, I apparently put Zach Jick Johnson. On there. There's a lot of fucking names on that. There are. We when we had a video game uh, Kickstarter backer list just put them in a single column because we wanted to be as obnoxious as possible (laughs) it took 30 minutes to get through that at native speed (laughs) really yep Uh, that's pretty good i thought that was pretty funny i bet we wouldn't have done that if it had been possible to iterate on anything Eh, in that game it was i thought it was funny enough that i wasn't gonna you could scroll it manually you could yes so just letting it scroll. I mean, this scrolled way too fast to read. To read all of them, yeah. Not to read any of them. You found me and you. Yeah, but that's a special case. <laughs> <sighs> Do you have anything else to say about this game? No, I wish. I kind of wish I had been able to find the other branches on my own. But, but I, I just... I was not willing to go through that asylum level again. Yeah, me neither. And that sucks because, like, I wish that there was an option to just start you at the branch point. Yeah. Like, mm, 
that would have changed. I, th- I think I would have gone through and played. Yeah, the, played I would have probably spent another hour playing the game. There yep. was a whole level that I didn't see. Yep. And what was that level? I don't know. Yep. Maybe it's just the fake level where you get pulled under the bed. There, no, there were there are three levels that you did not see if you didn't take any of the branches because there's the oh branches, the ending is like a level. There are three endings. Yeah, and, and then there's, the, a, and there's yeah. a branch before that as well. Yeah, yeah. Two of them end up in the middle, and then there's the ones on yeah. top and bottom. So I guess we all went. Maybe yeah, we all went down. We all went down. Yeah, we all left off the into the abyss up to the because middle. why the fuck wouldn't you? Because that's not a choice. Going <laughs> back the way you came is not. A reasonable, like, well, that's not true. Like, I went up to the abyss the and I didn't, like, I, I teetered for a second. I was like, huh, that doesn't seem like where I should go. And so then I sat there for a second and I was like, <coughs> should I go? Like, I, yeah. I wandered, I wandered around the rest of the space, didn't see another option, didn't decide to go back through the door. But then I was like, well, I'll see what happens if I just keep pressing. Going back would have been something that I think I might have tried if I had been aware that there were. Multiple branches. Yeah. Is there, I have a memory of there being a level where there's a hole and when you fall into the hole from the left side, you just die. But when you fall into the hole from the right side, that's how you finish the level. Uh, Did you experience that? that. I don't remember dying when I fell in the hole. I remember waking up, but that was a progression. It wasn't a death. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Like there are places where you you like only I think only the monsters when you die to the monsters is that like a reset me to somewhere else on this level. I think the falling in the hole and stuff is like part of the. Well, if you go into the basement the first time without the candle, I didn't do that, so I don't know. Yeah, but it, if you wander too far to the dark, you just die, and then it it just starts you back. Well, over but that's I, I, ostensibly a monster, right? Like, okay, like right, right like I mean, that wasn't an but, environmental. F- I mean, I guess, but that—that's the thing. It doesn't. There's not really any differentiation between. Sure. I died because I wandered in the dark, and I died because I fell in this hole. Maybe there's a monster in the hole. I mean, okay. Like, sure. I I would not have drawn that distinction. I don't think between deaths that advance the story and deaths. Are you talking didn't. about the? Oh, let me let me go back. Are, are you talking about the when the plank breaks and you fall through it? No. I think that's what I'm talking about. Is that an important one? I think that's that's just a progression Like, point. you have to do that? I, I so. assumed that that was teaching me how to kill the giant baby. Like, I assumed that that hole with the plank over it would be a thing oh. that you could trick the giant baby into running over, and that you would be able to get across it, but the giant baby wouldn't, and that's how you finish that level. But there was nothing even that video game in in the yeah. video game. Man, the first time I saw that giant baby, I just laughed. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't very scary. And, you know, the sounds a are guy with were a, scarier than the visuals good, in yeah. certain places. A guy with his eyes stitched up is not even that, like, man. Nah, but that was... It took me a long time to figure out how to not get killed by those guys. Yeah, the fact that his eyes were stitched up was the clue that told me that that this is this is sound that they're responding to mm. yeah except sort not really the i had to look at a walkthrough to figure out how to get past the one that was in front of the big pile of corpses the mm. one where you actually where you had to like to step on the glass, glass to yeah. make the no, yeah like i liked that i thought that was an interesting well, you had to walk on the glass to do what 
you you you, you step- must have just done you must have just done this by accident. There's like the fifth or sixth one of those. I remember I remember guys. this one where the, where there's a dude in front of the pile. You can't get past him. There yeah. is some glass on the level, but I don't remember. Like you I have to walk. I'd- you have to walk. You have to step on the glass, which makes some noise, which will cause him to run over to the glass. Okay, and then you can get around him. How'd you get past him? He was pathing back and forth, uh, offset to the right. One of the times that I went there, huh. it the game. If you lose a bunch to a specific thing, will rearrange itself to help you get past oh, it. Then that must there, have been. There happened. are definitely things where that will happen. I don't. I can't remember any of them specifically, but I read about one. That I mean, that must have been what happened there because, yeah. like, I didn't. I didn't beat it a straightforward way. Huh. Anyway, good job. Getting the game finished, Matt yeah. Gilgenbach, and I hope that I hope that it makes some money beyond just the Kickstarter. I hope he makes another game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think another cool. game is is imminent. It's just a question of whether he has to do a Kickstarter for it or not. I would back it. Yeah, on the strength of this. For next week, we're going to play Costume Quest Two, yeah. which is the sequel to Costume Quest. The Costume Questioning. It's going to be good. I bet. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be I'm, good or not. I think it's going to be more of the same, which is fine. Yep. That's fine. I never finished the first one. I, I got to the mall and then quit. Oh, yeah. Not for any reason. Well, the reason is because I was playing it on a console. Hmm. I got to hmm. the final boss, and I think I never got around to beating him. I have just watched people play through it like three times, so uh-huh. I feel like I've played it. Next week, you will have played its sequel. Cool. Kevin... Yes. Skipping the listener's mail segment this time again. Okay. We'll do some next week. But if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, how would they go about doing that? Uh, well, they could tweet us at VGHotDog. They could send us an email, VGHotDog at gmail.com. Or they could uh, go to our website, VideoGamesHotDog.com, and check out our questions and comments form and our sweet skeletons and swords. And our forums. Yeah. I guess you could go there. They're good. I go there every day. Do you? I go there every day and I talk to the mans about the video games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 173 of Video Games Hot Dog with you. Mm-hmm. It's been lovely. I hope we do it again real soon. Yeah, and until we do... Next week. Keep your head in the toilet and keep reaching for the fridge. <sighs> yeah. Have a great yeah. week, everybody. See ya. Now a stack of butts, and then the entire world turns into butts. <laughs> <laughs>